Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. tuning in again at a little bit of everything with me. Today I have a special guest. He is a writer, an author, uh, published textbooks, books. He's a teacher, a theater critic, a musician, and he is from the podcast The Rise of the King Asylus, and all the way from Florida. Welcome J.B. Torres to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, just fantastic. Thanks for inviting me on your show. I'm glad to have you because, uh, of course, we have pod- podcaster friends, and they recommended me because they're they're obsessed with your podcast. So I wanted to learn more about it and, of course, let my listeners know more about your podcast, The Rise of the King Asylus. Tell me about it, but before we go into it, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, um, I'm one of those people that I have a million things going on all the time in my head. I'm, I have a lot of ideas that race through my mind, so I have a tendency to start a lot of projects. Um, I have to discipline myself to finish them, so I'm really creative-minded, but I'm also... Mm-hmm just obsessive about a lot of these projects that I get myself involved in and <laughs> podcasts just happened to be one of them. And it's one of those things that have just kind of taken off and has a life of its own. And so now I'm like really devoted a lot of my time to uh, creating and producing this story, this show, because people, people have latched onto it over the last couple of years. And it's really quite fascinating to see this trip and the way it's kind of developed. So now I'm challenged. Like, I feel like I'm really, really challenged to do that. But, you know, I also have all these other works going on, like the novel that actually what this podcast was supposed to be about. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just writing a lot. Mm-hmm. Write a lot. I, just, I just write a lot. That's what I do. Well, that's good. And, you know, I wish I could, well, I can't, I can write, but I, my dream is to obviously come up with a book, but um, I know it's going to take a while because I like, I've told you before, like I, I am dyslexic and that's one of my main goals is to actually write a book, um, to actually feel accomplished. Like I can do something that was such a struggle mm-hmm. and, um, it's finding the, those people that can help you guide you through the way. That's what I find. Like, that's what I need. And I try to, and I put it in a, I have a book just for book ideas and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's been blank for the past month. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it, it's, it's hard to put a book together. Like, how do you do it? Tell me about it. Well, <laughs> it depends. It depends on the kind of book you want to write. You know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing my textbook, it was extremely complex because there were, you know, there were formulas I had to put together. There was, there was research that I was doing. I was trying to piece together this linguistic puzzle you know Mm -hmm. so there was no like storyline there per se now when i did the the kids books those of course did i think 
what you really need to do, and you, you really need to, you need to have a point A and a point Z. <laughs> you, need to, you need to at least figure out, at the very least, you need to figure out where you want to go. Like, where is it that you want your story to end up? Mm-hmm. And then work your way backwards. So that's kind of what I do is, if I'm lucky, I can do, the, I can do how it begins and how it ends, and then I just kind of fill in the blanks. Oh. But when I try to do that with, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going I'm to share something with you. I haven't shared it anywhere else. Okay. Uh, when I got started with the podcast, with the story, because I had, I had what I thought was the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, when I created season one of, of, the, of the story, honestly, and I, I told this to somebody on another show, um, that I started the show, but then I, I, I had to kind of write the scripts as I went along. So I, season one, I wrote as I was doing the show. I didn't have it written beforehand. And so I found that to be extremely stressful for me. So the second time around, I wrote the beginning and the end and everything in between before I recorded anything for season two. And I'm doing that again for season three. With the book, you have to do it that way. There's just no getting around it. But the thing is, though, as I, was, as I devoted so much time into the story of the podcast, that I realized that I had to rethink what I was doing in the novel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it kind of meandered into this other place and I'm like, oh, let's do this. This is cool. This is cool. So I just kept, I just kept pushing. So like I said, in season one, I thought I ended here, but I, I didn't end on G. I ended up going all the way to, to P, you know, or to R. <laughs> and so like now I'm trying to rethink Z. I'm trying to figure out where the end actually is. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, the book that I'm working on right now isn't going to take the reader all the way to Z. It's going to take them to like H or something. Yeah. It's only going to get you a part of the way there because I'm going to make a, make it a multiple book series. Oh. It's the only way I'm going to get this story in there. It's it's too big. It's too big of a story. Yeah. Yeah. And how many seasons do you have so far with the rise of the King of Silas? Rise of King of Silas. I have two seasons. I'm working on the third season now over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, I had I wanted to work with a couple other writers for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it might still happen that way. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I'm really weird about stuff like that. Like, it's not that I don't want to share the ideas with anyone else. I do. It's just that sometimes they have to kind of be on the same. They have to be on the same planet as me. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's uh, that. Sometimes it's very difficult to find like-minded people. I mean, not to say like-minded people, like there's not people who can sit and talk about writer stuff. Yeah, we could do that. But to really kind of get their, not just their feet wet, but get, just immerse themselves, so jump in head first into this and take a dive into this crazy world that I've created. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Go on. Um, could you tell the listeners, like, what is it about without giving too many details? It's about the United States changing from having a democracy to having a monarchy. And the person in charge is a, an army general after America plunges into its second civil war. And out of it comes they just, the, the secret men behind the curtain decide that we're going to have a king instead of dealing with partisan politics. And really, really the, whole, the, whole, the whole gist of it is they want to take this whole notion of one world order to the next level and figured if they just did away with politics altogether and just had a king, that would be their man. 
that was their guy. He was supposed to be a puppet king. He wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to have any real power. He was just supposed to be a figurehead. Mm-hmm. But once he became the power, once he be, once he got his absolute power, because it, he said to them, you know, the only way I'm going to make this happen is you got to give me the power to do what you guys want me to do. So they did. And as soon as they did, he turned on them. Yeah. So this whole story is about Silas trying to get rid of the, the evildoers, the evil people, <laughs> the shadows, the secret society people, you know, the Illuminati, mm-hmm. occultists, devil worshipers. That's, that's what he's after. He's trying to destroy them. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of action then. <laughs> it's a lot of drama. There's a lot of really weird stuff that goes on, but it's, it's extremely intense. And I make no secret of it that, like, I, I put a lot, of, a lot of emphasis on some of the horror elements of it. So there's some people have said it has horror elements. So there's some parts that will probably scare you okay. if you like being scared. Not um, really, but okay. <laughs> Probably not sleep for a couple of days, but sure. <laughs> it's been known to give people a nightmare or two, so um, you gotta really, you gotta, op- you gotta open your mind to it and just remember it's it's just a show, mm-hmm. it's a piece of fiction. Although there have been all kinds of people people on the internet that have said all kinds of stuff about it and about me personally, but I won't get into that. But mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's 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 meant to be an extremely intense psycho thriller type show and that's you know i wanted to make it like a netflix or hbo type show but for your ears which is very smart Mm -hmm. because you can hear it on your way to work if you're on the train you can listen to it while you're driving well if if there's a little bit of horror let's just let's (laughs) make sure you're still driving um but no that's just really good because nowadays it's like we're getting into like audiobooks we're getting into more of the audio side of things and for you to create a story like that that's like the step up that you can still be able to listen to something dramatic and having all these horror elements and you know it, it's this intensity right through it's, your ears yeah it, it's not all horror don't get me wrong i mean there's yeah. some they have some funny moments in there. yeah there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things that you have, if you go back and you listen like a second time and then you'll catch something, like there's a lot, I'm a, I'm a Shakespeare guy. Like I, I, I went to college, I studied Shakespeare. This was, this is my hero, my mm-hmm. literary hero. So when I wrote, when I, when I do write these episodes, there's a lot of Easter eggs and the stuff that I write. And uh, Asylus is, is, this story is, is, is packed with it. Like, Maybe people that are listening now, or maybe the people that read it may get it, maybe they don't. But somewhere down the line, if it, if it lasts, if it, has a, if it stands as test of time, there will be, you know, there will be people that will look at this and say, yeah, you know, this dude, <laughs> he really put some stuff in there, man. Because I'm a Shakespeare guy, so Shakespeare was that way. It's very hologram. You look mm-hmm. at it one way, it means one thing. If you look at it just a little bit, a different angle, and it just completely changes its meaning wow yeah it's it's i was very very meticulous about the wording there's yeah. no there's nothing in there that i put in there for nothing there's nothing random like i don't nothing nothing against not to take a swipe at some other shows i listen to a lot of different shows and, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like is it just is it just because they want to be funny or is it you know i ask myself is it is it just because he want he, they think they're being clever here or you know what is it that they're trying to do <laughs> I, I i think for me i i'm my own worst critic 
you know, and I, I listen to my show. I listen to it. I read it over and over again. I listen to it over and over again, but way before I post anything. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that, that the storyline, that the characters, that everything is happening the way I think, you know, that it will have the most impact. And some of it is deep. Some of it is not. Some of it is very shallow. And some of it is very, very in your face. And I'll make you question things about yourself. And that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> How does it? How did this all start? Like, what what made you like? Okay, were you having coffee? Were you driving? You know how some people get these these ideas in the most random situations. Like, for example, when when I thought I was gonna you know start a podcast, I was actually laying in bed. And I was like, why didn't I get into podcasting? And then boom, I started it. So, how did you come up with this idea? I came up with the idea because I was doing research on linguistics. I was writing, I was working on something that I wanted to, to find the, I wanted to find nuances and in intonation, the way people speak now versus people back in the early days of radio. Oh, wow. Go detective stories on CBS and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And um, what I was finding was, yeah, there's a lot of differences in the intonation, the way people speak. But when I started listening to stuff like, uh, you know, like H.G. Wells, like, you know, the War of the Worlds and stuff like that. I was freaked out by that stuff, like the original, you know, War of the Worlds on the radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was blown away by just by that. Plus all the other detective stories that I was listening to. And then I was trying to compare it with stories that are coming out now. So I started listening to other podcasts that have been out now, like in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And trying to hear those differences. But in the in the process, I, I realized that, hey, I, I like this stuff. This I bet I could do one. <laughs> yeah. I bet I could do one better than anyone else. And that's kind of what I just set out to do. You know, I just said, you know what? I, I, bet, I, I bet if I write something about this, make it a big, big story, then, uh, yeah, I bet I can do it. And that's, that's kind of how it all started. It's just really just – and I think you as a, as a fellow writer would know when you hear something, you get this inspiration, this idea in your head that, like, it gnaws at you. It doesn't let you sleep. Yeah. And I just obsessed over it. Like, I, I said, I got to figure out a way to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I figured it wasn't, wasn't that hard. I just needed time. Oh, for sure. And that's what we – I feel like I need extra hours in my day just to get to do everything else that I want to do. <laughs> no. That's the thing. Like, if I had more time to do my laundry, that would be wonderful. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> I need more time for laundry. Need more time for laundry, yes. Because <laughs> when I do laundry, I'm like, yes, I can do this for, like, 56 minutes because I know the laundry's going to stop. And I can transfer it into the dryer for another 50 minutes. And then I complete the task that I needed to complete. And that's how you know, I structure laundry. <laughs> that's the best thing about laundry. The best thing about laundry is you sit there and you think while yeah. you wait for the you know wash or dry. It's like you can watch the thing tumble around and around, and then like your mind just kind of just fades. It just kind of floats away, and there you go. You're like on this other plane again. You're you're dreaming something else of what's the next project. Exactly. You're yeah. absolutely right. Got to take advantage of those moments. You know, that's why I like to drive to, to drive to work. Um, I put on these, like, I listen to all, like, all this music, like, instrumental stuff. Yeah. Like, YouTube is full of all this stuff. Like, I'm always discovering new artists 
where it's just you know I mean I don't even listen to like Halo music. You like I don't know if you ever play a video game Halo. Uh, my husband like, has. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll listen to the soundtrack of Halo. I listen. I, my obsessed with the soundtrack from uh, that movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Uh, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think I've seen that one. I'm only the Mission Impossible fan. <laughs> he did this movie. It, was, it wasn't one of his one of his top blockbusters, but there's this movie he did. It's called Oblivion. And the soundtrack for that is incredible. And it was written by a guy named, uh, geez, last name Martinez. He's from, he's from France. I know, a Spanish guy in France. Oh. But the name of his band is M83. Mm-hmm. And they're also the ones that did, uh, they did some of the soundtrack for Interstellar, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Imagine working with Hans Zimmer, man. That guy is amazing. For but real. The, I listened to Hans Zimmer. Uh, he's the one who did the Batman soundtrack. He did... The Gladiator soundtrack. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just incredible. The guy's just phenomenal. He did the Inception one. That's the other one I obsessed over. Leonardo mm. DiCaprio. Yeah, I remember that one. I mean, I'll listen to that all the time in the car. And, like, your mind just kind of floats. Yeah. Yeah. It gets your mind going to think of other things, and it's it's crazy how music can... can um, well, music with no words, especially, m- makes you f- think of other things. Keep either keep you at peace, help you decrease stress, or it helps you just be creative with your mind. It's either one of the two for me. Yeah, and it's amazing how that works. I mean, I think this part of me—I don't know how. Maybe you can tell me how how it came to be like that for you. But for me, when I was growing up, I grew up in a family of eight. I was the last of eight. Wow. My house house was full of people, right? Wow. Kids too, man. I was the youngest. Imagine my older brothers and sisters. They already had, they were popping out kids. I have a nephew that's like a niece that's one year younger than me. (laughs) So I have a niece that's like almost my age. (laughs) So the house was full of people. Imagine. And I was a geeky kid. Like, I was a nerdy kid. Like, I wanted to read books. I wanted to write. You know, I had my little notebooks. I'd tell my mom, hey, buy me a notebook and some pencils. And I'd just, like, sit down and write poetry and stuff. Wow. Um, but I couldn't block out all the noise. They were just so noisy. Kids crying, you know, people banging on doors. Get out of the bathroom. So, like, I had to put on something. Back when the Walkmans came, I don't know if you remember those. You remember the Walkmans? Yes, yeah, my brother had one. <laughs> We're really dating ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> so, the Walkman, is sa- it saved my sanity. It really did. Because yeah. like, pop in those old cassettes. Remember those old cassettes? You'd put the cassettes in. You'd record songs off the radio and stuff. Yeah. And I, I yes. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, I remember. Our own little mixtapes and like we'd try to cut the DJ off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and that's really what saved my sanity because I love my family, don't get me wrong, but man, they were so noisy. I had to do something to save it. So that's how I got into concentrating with music. The only way I could do it, block them out. Now I block out the noise down to the street. You know, I live in the city, so there's a lot of traffic and sirens and stuff. That bothers the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. So you, okay, of course, in that time, there was no such thing as noise-canceling headphones. No. And it's like you managed to work with your mind and cancel out 
all the outside noise so you can really listen to that music. Yeah, well, you know, the, the music just kind of was like a buffer between, you know, all the fighting or whatever that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so, and you know, what, you know what's going to, like, okay, you're a family of eight. I'm uh, assuming, like, we established this before, you're Spanish. Yeah. So that can, that can get pretty hectic as it is. It's like a circus in the house. It's a circus. I'm sure my family's going to be listening to this. So I'm not going to say anything terrible, but there were, there were times when, man, they just, they just, they, they didn't have to be fighting. They didn't have to be fighting, you know, like physically, they could just be arguing. And like, there's just, they're just missiles flying, you know, word missiles flying. <laughs> And that that was the fun part. <laughs> Sometimes fists would fly too. Don't get me wrong, but I, luckily for me, I wasn't involved in any of that stuff. I was not the fighter, even though I was forced to be a boxer at a very young age. Hmm. I grew up. I grew up as a boxer, so I was forced into. It. I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I was boxing because I grew up in a very bad neighborhood, and uh, my dad was like. Yeah, you got to box with your brothers because you're probably going to get beat up if you don't learn how to fight. So that's how it went down where you know, from the time I think I was in diapers, I was with gloves on and fighting kids in the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> all the way up through school, man. So, and, you know, the kids in the school sometimes would, would try me because they knew I was a boxer because my brother was a kind of a famous boxer. Oh. And uh, yeah, he fought some some really big names, and so the kids in the school would always be like, "Well, you think you're tough like your brother?" Burr, burr, burr. So like they wanted to fight me too. I'm like, "Man, I really don't want to do this, but okay, you know." <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say I got in trouble at school a lot for fighting and stuff, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it was an impressive girl. Sometimes it was just because I the guy was just talking too much smack. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's my upbringing, man. I'm I came out swinging. <laughs> not my choice not my choice but being in the spanish household in general like for a lot of people who don't know it's like um when you hear us like talking really loudly it's not because we're arguing it's just that's how our voice is being projected <laughs> we project because otherwise they won't hear <laughs> exactly. like yeah yeah <laughs> i'm telling you it's, it's hysterical but it, i mean for, I guess for outsiders or people that are, you know, more tranquil <laughs> cultures, uh, it could be it could be quite an experience for them. I imagine but for us, it's just normal. Yeah, for us, it's normal, and for others, it's like WTF? What is going on here? And then yeah. I'm usually the one like, yeah, don't worry, this is just normal. This is what happens every day. It's all good. <laughs> I would always tell my friends, be like, don't get too attached to the chicken because it's going to be dinner at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a pretty chicken. Ah, oh, don't get attached. <laughs> eat it. Doesn't have a name. It's going to oh. be Christmas dinner. It's all not good. <laughs> not a pet. You can play with it, but not a pet. <laughs> Just don't let it loose because that's going to be dinner. Don't lose the chicken because then you're going to have, you know, you have a real problem on your hands. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me plug in your podcast. It's called <laughs> The Rise of the King of Silas. Rise of King of Silas, right. The Rise of King of Silas. That's correct. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I gotta get. I gotta get listings. So you got two seasons in. You got season three coming out. What are you gonna? What can we expect from season three? Well, that depends on what I decide to drink. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't drink. I don't drink. No, uh, it depends on. Uh, <laughs> it depends on how much laundry I do. I guess. Mm-hmm. Can I, I, I give you mine? <laughs> <laughs> I got a pile here. Believe me. <laughs> uh, what we can expect from season three is it's gonna literally it's gonna literally um uh there's there's gonna be <laughs> okay if you think one and two are intense it's it's gonna be way more intense because wow as Latinos, we know that a lot of the seedy stuff that goes on in the in the third world countries, like in Mexico and in Central America, doesn't get a lot of play. And if it does, you know, I guess mm-hmm. like on Netflix, Narcos or one of those shows. But mm-hmm. they, they kind of touch here and there on some of the gruesome stuff that they do. But they don't really get into the nitty gritty of it. Mm-hmm. I plan on getting into it. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm into. Well, there's a character in the show that's only been mentioned in the first two seasons. I never talk about him, but he's a Spanish dude, and his name is Lord Vargas. Alberto oh. Vargas. I even gave him a bad name, Alberto Vargas. Uh, this, dude, this dude is the baddest dude, and this is a guy who Silas picks, the king picks him to basically weed out the nastiest, the dirtiest, the baddest, the most horrible of all the bad guys in Central America and South America. So oh. part of the story, and, definitely, and this is one of the things, I'm kind of giving you a brainstorm right now because I haven't written it, although I do have it somewhere in my notes that this is one of the places I want to go and visit in this season. And, uh, and, and really talk about some of the really gruesome stuff that these dudes do. Like you know, when people talk about the cartels and stuff, they don't really talk about, I mean, yeah, they do. And they, you know, they chop them to pieces, they throw them in the grave. And, you know, you think, okay, well, yeah, that's pretty horrible. But, you know, do we really get to experience that? Like, you, can you stop and think about what that drama must be like, what that, what that moment must be like for them as those final minutes start winding down and the oh. torture starts to really get to where it's cracking their bones and, you know, the blood is starting to, to gush out, the screams are reverberating through the through this old concrete warehouse and, you know, they're jamming some metal into their mouths to break every tooth in their mouth, you know? And it's like, do we, do we really want to go there? Do you really want to know just how deep that abyss goes? Like how crazy, creepy can it go? Yeah. So I think I'm going to take a trip down there because, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. No, and mind you, that's not going to be the whole story. But oh, of course, but, but you're getting ideas from that. I'm, I think that there's this guy has to bring those people into the light, out of the dark, out of their crevices, and expose them for what they are, mm-hmm. and then give justice the way the the way the fans would like to have justice. Like, how would you how would you like to see somebody like that be punished mm-hmm. for all the horrible things they do to you know women and children and people whether they're guilty or not i mean the way they die nobody deserves to die the way some of these people die yeah i'm not talking like i'm not talking fiction here 
this is real. <laughs> the stuff that really happens out there in that crazy desert in Mexico, man. Uh, yeah. What would you like, how would you like to see them punished? I mean, I guess the idealist would be like, whoa, you know, you put them in prison and let them rot there. Well, okay. But for some <laughs> people, that's not enough. That isn't justice. You know, like, okay. Especially for somebody like Silas, who's kind of, kind of lost it by this point you know and he's just telling us Vargas is like you know you go ahead and do with them whatever you want to do with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you punish them however you think is how whatever you see fits yeah so Vargas has a very sadistic side so Vargas is like okay well, you know I have all these crying mothers and all these broken bodies and all these terrified women and all these destroyed children let's see what I can do to, to bring justice to these people you know <laughs> <laughs> and that's where my mind is right now. Like, okay, well, what kind of crazy stuff can we do to, to get punishment for these people? Yeah, that it's like you got to top it off every time. Like every season, you got to make it bigger and better. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, because in the other ones, the others, the others, well, like in season two, we had there's a British. That's the thing about Silas is he has this thing where. Like I, I guess as a I guess as a Spanish as someone Spanish you understand it. I, it's not that we not it's not that we are born with this inferior inferiority complex. It's not that we are. Um, I think we're in our cultures dependent on the culture. You know, it, it's not like it's not like in other cultures. Like African Americans can point to Africa and say, okay, well that's that's where we originated from. That's where we're from, right? Yeah. And Irish can say that and point to Ireland and, and so on and so forth. But Latinos, we don't get to do that. We mm-hmm. can't do that. Because when the Spanish conquistadors came to Central America and Mexico and those South America, they killed all the men and raped all the women. And mm-hmm. here we are. So our history goes as far back as the conquistadors. And then beyond that, there's just tribalism and natives, you know, indigenous people. Yeah. So there's nowhere for us to point to. I mean, we can point to Spain, Spain, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a mixed bag, you know. So I think it's not that we're born with this inferiority complex, but I think there's that we're always trying to prove something, if not to other people, certainly to ourselves. For sure. And I think that like. For somebody like the characters that I'm talking about in the story, like Asylus, I think I identify in that sort in that sense where he's he feels like he's got this inferiority complex with the British royals, mm-hmm. European royals. They're like, you're not a royal, you're you're a soldier, you're a do boy, you know, <laughs> you're not you're not royalty. So they look down on him for that, and he gets really not his anger towards him isn't based on the inferiority aspect of it. His anger and, and, and the fury in his belly for them has to do with all the mean and all the horrible and all the sick crap that they do behind, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. And so that's, that's really kind of the center of what drives him. Not so much, I mean, it, it, he's human like the rest of us. So, of course, that's the part of me that identifies. Like, yeah, okay, you think I'm, you think I'm trash? Fine. But I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you. <laughs> show you I'm not. <laughs> And that's that's one of the things about him that I think uh, that I can relate to. Yeah.
Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angelica. How do you okay so for your podcast i still haven't had a chance to listen to it now i know you've got a bunch of characters is there a voice for every character or is it just one person like speaking like reading out a book like an audiobook one of the things that i like to to I take a lot of pride in is that my this show has a lot of different voice actors oh wow seldom seldom do actors have more than one role um there are a few only a few of them that do i'm one of them like, I play mm-hmm. the king, and yeah. I also play the devil. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, and I, was, I was laughing with my wife about it. I said, you know, I think I enjoy playing the devil sometimes more than I do the king. <laughs> <laughs> because the devil in the story, he, his name is Beals, like Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. Uh, he I think he's, he's just cynical about stuff. He's so, not, I don't want to say funny because there's nothing, the guy is evil, of course. But... I just think there's something about the way he talks to the king where he's always messing with him. Like he's always screwing with his mind, always screwing. And and he just likes that. It's like if the devil just gets off on that, he's just screwing with the Silas the whole time. Silas is like angry. He's like, you know, God's going to come punish you, blah, blah, blah. You know, (laughs) and the devil is just like laughing at him. (laughs) So, that's the one where I play two roles, but most of the other characters all have one individual voice. And I'm very careful about, and I'm particular about the voice actors that I pick. Some of them are professional voice actors and some of them are in, the, are in between professional and amateur. And some of them, this is their first gig ever. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, like Quentin Capone, the guy that plays Quentin Capone is a guy named John Doby, who's an actor. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's an actor, but he never did voice acting. Oh, he told me the story that uh, uh, he had saw an ad for it, and his girlfriend told him, "Hey, you need to call these people because he's got this really. He's got this. You wait till you hear Quentin Capone's voice. His voice is great, man. He's <laughs> got like this real greedy, like a motorcycle gangster type voice. You know, oh. he's got that great. Like it's unmistakable as soon as he starts talking. That was the thing. Like I listen to other shows, and not, like I said, not to take a swipe at some of the shows, but sometimes I have." A- hard time identifying who's who you know and i wanted to have that in in my show where as soon as they start talking you know who it is wow that's so cool so your show has different well different voice actors representing the characters that's so awesome it's like a movie in your ears pretty much yeah wow yeah wow so how many voice actors do you have Oh, man, I lost count. <laughs> you lost count. So everyone plays even, the like... First, the first season, we have... Uh, the first season, we have something like 12. The second season, we have something like 20. Wow. That's amazing. And how do you guys come together to record it? We don't. Like, they have to record it on their own and send me the, <laughs> send me the audio. Wow. I'm not going to say we don't. Like, there's a group of them, a group, group of us that work together. Like, we're teachers in the same school. Uh-huh. So, the narrator, there's a narrator in the story. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets the ball rolling, and then the scene opens, you know? Yeah. 
So the narrator, he's he's a he's a colleague of mine. We're we're really we've gotten pretty close since the show. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 king has this uh, personal therapist, like a you know like a shrink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a colleague. He works with me. So sometimes we will get together after school and we'll record together. The queen, uh, she's also a, a, somebody that I work with. She's a fellow teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who plays the president was a fellow teacher. Uh, one of the one of the girls in the season one, she was a student actually. She was only a teenage girl at the time. She's only like thirteen. Wow. Yeah. So she's Latina. Oh. Yeah. She was actually uh She might have been um uh, I wanna say she's from El Salvador. Or, oh, okay. But in the show, uh, Abigail, the character she plays is Puerto Rican. So I said, well, you know, we can get away with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do use a couple of students, some of my students in the show. That is so cool. I can't yeah. believe that. Yeah. So those are the ones that, like, the, the core characters are in the same building with me. And then the rest are different parts. So, like, John is in New Jersey. Stephen Fisher, who plays Oreb, he's in Seattle. Oh, wow. Um, Angelie Fitch, he's out in, I think, San Francisco. Uh, Layla Bonet, she's also up in California. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're all over the place. I really, I lose, I lose track of where they all are. <laughs> but that's really cool. Like, I'm, I'm still in awe that the fact that you use real voice, like, voice actors to create the characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That makes it's, it even more exciting. It's like a theater. It's audio theater is what it is. Yeah. So it makes it more exciting for the listener to just be like, oh, my God, something's going to happen. The music's creepy. Like, oh, it's, wow. It's exciting or, you know, whatever. It get, gets your – it's the mood, the city. There's all, there's all this music and sound effects. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely get into it. I mean, it's – most people they, they give it a, they really give it a legitimate like legitimately give it a chance it'll grow on you wow i got to get listened to it this is awesome yeah I'm telling you you won't be disappointed <laughs> the fact that you're using voice actors that gets me more intrigued because it's not like you're hearing the same voice cuz i i'm not sure how audiobooks work i'm not sure if it's like the same you know voice um act well i don't know if they're called voice actors i'm not sure so i apologize but for an audiobook like are they're using the same voice from beginning to end and sometimes you can just like tune out because it's like i've been hearing you for the past five chapters if you're a fresh voice out there that can finish the story of the, the book for me that would be me though because i can get bored really easily <laughs> yeah no i mean there's there are there are a number of people that they have like a, a ensemble of actors that they use that do different voices or whatnot. Um, I've, I've listened to a number of them and I've gotten to like quite a few of them. Um, they really, they, they put their shows together in a very unique way. Um, yeah. Some of them have that real standard. I, I know there seems to be like recurring themes in some of these shows, um, but I gave them a lot of credit because a lot of their, their quality is really good. And, and I think the, the audio drama community in general is, is pretty inviting and they're, and they're really nice people. Most of them. So, wow. I can't speak for all of them because I don't know all of them. It's a big community. It's growing. So 
you know, but it's not without its drama. It wouldn't be much of an audio drama if there wasn't drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, audio drama community has their own little dramas. I don't know, I, I kind of stay clear of all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good people in there. I'm, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in a lot of their little groups, and I listen to a lot of shows, and I support a lot of shows. And that's one of the things about uh, the second season, what I didn't do in the first season that much was I did promos for all the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, of this show, if you put together, like, a 30-second promo or whatever, in the season three, I can put it in one of the episodes. Oh, like, okay. Not at the end. A lot of people like to put it way at the tail end. People usually shut off by then. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the beginning, like, right after the opening scene. I usually put, like, a, an ad for somebody, a promo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. nice of you. Yeah, I do that for the, for the others because, you know, they generally do it for me, too. They'll put my ad in their shows and yeah where it gets around oh for sure that's amazing yeah because that's what i started doing myself to help other podcasters i feel like it's like a village it's like you're creating this networking platform and then it's like you see each other work with each other in a way where we're helping with anything really with anything like there's been a couple of them that i stay in contact because they're just open arms and I try to do the same thing and that's how we we grow together well I think that's important yeah um I mean I I know that there's you know there might be little things here and there that maybe you like or don't like about a particular show or whatnot I mean sometimes I think it's really petty um but overall we're all in this together to try to do the same types of things there's there's plenty of room to grow Mm -hmm. you know exactly I'm, I'm I'm all for helping other people. It's not, you know, uh, and I'm not quite nearly as selfish as some other people are. Yeah. You know, but uh, I've written articles about other shows, and I will probably do it again. There are some people out there that actually do that. Mm-hmm. They, they write articles about audio drama for some reason. They've avoided writing about me for whatever reasons. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I still get plenty of play. I still get plenty of love. And then I'm happy. Yeah. So what else are you doing that you want to share? Uh, what else am I doing? Well, the novel's going to be coming. I'm going to be finishing that up this, 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 uh, by the end of summer, I'd like to maybe come back on your show later when that's finished and send you a copy so you can read it up, read a little bit about it. And hopefully you'll read some of it before we talk about <laughs> it. And then uh, that you know, that's coming up and that'll be on Amazon and all the, you know, all the major sites. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would, I would love to have you back on the show to promote your book. That'd be yeah. awesome. Cause the book is going to see, here's the one thing, the dynamic about this thing. And I've, I've only mentioned this a couple of times and that is whatever you hear in the podcast and in the, in the audio drama, is like they're going to be gaps not because they're intentional but because mm-hmm. it's just they're just things that i can't mention because it's just not enough time in a 30 minute show yeah so there as this i get to the basically the 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 nuts and bolts of the story as i move along and everything in between is in the book so all there's things in the book that when you start reading, you're like, okay, there, there are going to be certain markers where you're like, okay, I recognize this from the story. But then there's all this other stuff yeah. you know, that isn't in the, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it, they kind of they kind of go hand in hand. And then like whatever the podcast doesn't talk about is in the book. 
And whatever the book doesn't talk about is in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So they kind of they're kind of like a puzzle piece. They fit together. I, I kind of designed it that way so that you could listen to the show and not get lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. I'll I'll be so I'll be so happy to have you back on the show. Definitely for your book. Well, you know we're gonna be coming up with uh, in on Halloween is usually when we do our launch for the season so we'll be on halloween will be our season three launch um we're gonna we're gonna try to do a launch party or a pre-screening there's a couple of places believe it or not last time around there was nobody that wanted to do it this time around there's like two or three places that will be more than happy to host it oh wow yeah so we're gonna probably do a pre-screen we're gonna probably do a twitter live feed or facebook live and you know, invite, you know, all the people that are, that are here in the city. Yeah. Baltimore. Um, and really just, you know, be doing like a giving away shirts and giving away prizes and kind of talking about the show and probably invite some of the other voice actors to come out and uh, just kind of hang out with the people. That'd be kind of cool to see us all together. Yeah, for sure. That would be like a, a great night for everyone to remember. It's like, wow, we actually get to physically, you know, see each other. I see because I see pictures like on Twitter and stuff where like yeah. people are like, oh, you know, we're together recording. And there's like this picture of all of them in the studio in front of a mic. <laughs> but I want this. I want this to be where it's like a live. You can sit there. We can actually we can actually interact and talk. And and people that are on the same show who have never actually seen each other. <laughs> <you know? laughs> are in the same room together. That is gonna be pretty cool. So that's that's what I'm gonna be working on too. Well, definitely let me know when that happens because maybe I can make a trip out there. You're where are you exactly? I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> oh, you ever come out to DC or to uh, Baltimore, this area, Maryland? Uh never been, but hey, it's the first time for everything. <laughs> you can maybe elbow your husband and get you down here for uh, and, like to go see Washington DC, and then it's only like a thirty minute ride for me. Ah. We can yeah. we could try to make something like arrange something out. We'll see. You never know because I'm planning yeah, to. I'm trying to head down to New York, Jersey to meet up with the, my podcaster friends. Actually, physically, you know, go out there and meet them, and you know, it'd be nice to do something like that. That's that's been on my mind. Trying to Jersey? plan a trip. Did you, did you say Jersey? Yes, I said Jersey. Would it happen to be the people from the Time Storm? I can never say their name. <laughs> I, I can never say their name. I'm sorry. <laughs> same people that we're talking about? No. Okay, never mind. Because yeah. I went up to Jersey and uh, I met up with some people out there, some podcasts. They were really cool people. Yeah. But, um, it's fun. It is. I can imagine, like, it's, you know, you, you for example, well one of them she she had you on your show so i was just like you know what it'd be nice to kind of actually physically meet her because we have this great connection when we when she's on my show and um, we talk about reality tv and it's like you know i'm pretty sure once we meet it's gonna be like whoa it's (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but then it's like you're 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 just it's not like you're you know, hi, how are you? This is the first time we meet. It feels like you've already built that connection. You just continue on where you left off. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's the same with me. It's like, I, and there's certain podcasters that I just have gotten to know. Like, I feel like I really, really know them, mm-hmm. but I've never met them like in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but uh, like, I definitely will get, uh, I have friends all over the country and I, I really wish I had more time. But, you know, I got a lot of laundry to do. So. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that more often. I got a lot of laundry to do. (laughs) AKA my definition of it. Leave me alone. (laughs) It was really fun talking to you. Likewise. So once again, to all my guests. Find us, look us up. The rise of King Include the links if you can on your, when you do the show description. Yeah, sounds good. Everything's going to be on the show notes. And the podcast, again, is The Rise of King Asylus. Yes. Get listening to it. The next time we talk, hopefully you listen to a, a little bit of it. And then we can, the, all these characters that I mentioned, will be like, oh, now I know what you mean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm gonna have more now, questions. <laughs> well thank you so much jv torres oh my goodness this has been so awesome um thank you again for being on the show i just you know what to all the listeners out there this is not just your ordinary you know one person show there's various of voice actors who are representing these characters it's amazing a lot of characters a lot of voice act all over not even they're not all in the u.s either there's some of them that are in uh across the pond some of them are in australia oh two of them are australia wow Uh, wow that's amazing yeah Yeah. gotta give a shout out to my my boy michael hoggett he's out there in uh in uh in australia he he was actually he started off as just a fan of the show and then he like i I put him on as as an actor so Wow, that's amazing. Anywho. So Anywho. We need to talk again. I have another project that I'm going to, off when we get off here, I'm going to shoot you an email about later on uh, that I think you might be good for. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And to all my listeners, don't forget to check it out. The Rise of King Asylus. Thank you so much, J.V. Torres. And... Thank you. Goodbye yeah, from there. Toronto. Hi, I'm heading into the laundry room. <laughs> Have fun in Florida. It's my second home. Thank you. Take care. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Hey, bye. Bye. That's it for now. And thanks for listening on a little bit of everything with me.